You're listening to it. Um, as always, I'm your host, El Jefe, here with my trusted co-host, the carny of all carnies, the magnificently mustached jobber himself, Sheik Al Random. Sheik, what's going on? The fuck? Glorious. No, I won't give it. Holy. It's a good day. It's a good day. You just got to work on your uh, button pressing skills. <laughs> I got nervous. You got, you got a little too excited. <laughs> I got nervous there. Trigger finger. Yeah, seriously. What happened? Why? What's going on? Why are we so glorious all of a sudden? We finally have our guest host. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we do. <laughs> it's a glorious day. Well, we don't our know yet. I have to call him. Host. Let's see what happens. He's a little older, so we'll see how it goes. Okay. Well, for the new fans that we have, uh, this is a podcast about wrestling, as you can tell. Um, we do weekly Raw Smackdown recaps. Fucking nowadays, there's so many shows. Too many. Um, there's a Cruiserweight Classic. There's NXT. There's pay-per-views. I mean, we try to do a whole recap on all of them and put our own little twist to it. And then we get into my favorite segments: the Jobber Match of the Week, uh, Sheik's favorite segment, Promo Match of the Week, and then interviews. And we, we finally get an interview. All right, we got a lot to go through. We got. 25 minutes till I have to call our guest. Okay. So um, before we start, yeah. uh, our guest is, let's just let's just put it out there. Our guest is an old timer, but he's a crazy wrestling fan that's been watching wrestling for fucking decades. Longer than I've been alive, and I know Sheik's been alive. Uh, basically, he goes to every wrestling show. He's probably seen some crazy shit. We're going to ask him about all his travels and what he does and why the hell does he do all this and, uh, you know, some other stuff. But uh, I'm, I don't know. I'm just fucking excited. But we had a lot of wrestling this week. We did. All right. Let's get into news. Not a lot. Uh, so Ryback's officially released. And Mike. Fi- like we finally know <laughs> what name he's going by. Uh, he's going as the big guy, your favorite. Is that his? Uh, he's trademarked it. He's actually he's really trademarked smart. the big guy. He trademarked the big guy, and he's trademarked "Feed Me More" and some some. I can else. see "Feed Me More." It makes sense, but uh, you know, I hope he had friends around him that told him, "Don't trademark the big guy because it's the corniest thing you can say." He's got it. And You're not going to see a group of guys go. There goes the big guy. My favorite is the big guy. Big guy tonight. My favorite's the big guy. Uh, and there's reports that he's in talks with Japan. Which makes sense. They like freaks over there. So Okay. Gujila. So how big do you think he's going to get without the wellness policy? Don't really care. Uh, I never was Good a big answer. fan of the Ryback. Um, he doesn't have mic skills. He's very awkward in the ring. He taps his head too much. He does the same moves. 
it, uh, the day and age for him, unfortunately, are done. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Like he's 20 years uh, too late. Yeah, Roydy Magoo type of looking wrestler, and I'm I'm sure he's not. He looks like he's a good guy and a clean guy, but that type of look, that type of feel for a wrestler was, you know, it was over 1995, 1994. You know what I'm saying? Well, apparently he's got to evolve his wrestling skills for people to actually cheer him on. The big guy, a name by itself, isn't going to carry him. So here, here's what he said. He said they. In WWE, they even the people who've come in, like AJ Styles, everyone who comes in, they tell people to like make your move set like nine moves. And he said he can do a hundred things. They just never let him. So oh, oh. I actually want to see his first match out. Let's see how that goes. He's gonna do a hundred things like Chris Jericho at four thousand and one holds. Remember? Yeah, all of them are armbar. Side armbar. Next thing, <laughs> <laughs> Damian Sandow is debuting in TNA today. I don't know uh, what name he's going by i i you know, i have more faith in damien sandow and tna than brock or what's his name uh the, right. the, the big guy <laughs> in japan brock, or yeah. anywhere else i just don't think he has a skill set no I, and I, I hope i'm wrong damien yeah. they gave him shit and he worked with it and he yeah. was great at it yeah last thing uh did you see dean ambrose on austin's podcast or his show on the network did you see his interview it was Ooh, on after raw dean? Yeah. yeah i watched it actually a couple of nights ago i loved the end where he challenged him? Yeah. Did you? I love Austin. Steve Austin, see, he's the fucking man because he paid his dues. He became the greatest draw in wrestling. And you can't say anything back to him. He proved everybody wrong. You know what I'm saying? And he's great at the interviews, too. Yeah, he's he really good. He doesn't hold back. And he basically told him, listen, you're really good. You're just being really lazy. Yeah, and the one part I didn't like about Austin, he kept pushing him like for a sob story. He's like, "You were in housing, weren't you? How awful was it?" He's like, "I don't know. I didn't know any difference. So for me, like, I was fine." Yeah, yeah, I, I get that part. That, that was a little bit weird. I know, I don't know what it is. I feel like that's like a producer in WWE yeah. that keeps telling him to do that because Mick Foley did the same thing with Shane yeah. McMahon and being like, "You know, some of the wrestlers don't like you in the back." And he's like, "Oh, really? What?" <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're trying to get shit. People out think of him. you're hard-headed. Really? Yeah, I think I'm pretty friendly. <laughs> but uh, Ambrose did say something where he said his match with Brock was a huge letdown to him too. And he's like, I'll just say it. Brock was lazy. It was yeah, very hard 100%. to work with him. But 100%. it's obvious because Brock knew he was doing UFC 200 and didn't want to injure himself. Yeah, exactly. And Brock has all the he's leverage not, in the world. See, he can just walk into the ring and people can be in awe. Yeah. You know but, what I'm saying? He doesn't have to try hard. I'm, I'm getting... He has to try hard. He does. He definitely does because there's nothing really about him physically. No. And, and Austin was right. Be the Brian Pillman that you're supposed to be. Yeah. I wish he just said it. I wish he just came out. Isn't it funny that I said that a while ago? That I'm like, this guy's like Brian Pillman. And then fucking Austin obviously was tag team partners with Brian Pillman. And He's like, yeah, he you're both from the same place. A bunch of his stuff from Brian Pillman too. Yeah. You know? Like, just go out there and fucking who cares? Yeah, Aust Austin back then went out. Vince told him, okay, go out there and stick your middle finger in the air. No, definitely you not. You know what I'm saying? In this day and age with social media, especially now, it wasn't like 2000, year, 96, 97, 98, they didn't have social media. You know what I'm saying? So if you get this jank to go out there and really do some shit, look what happened to CM Punk. You well, know, the, the, when you do something that garnishes a lot of attention, you'll be around. Don't worry. It's safe. You know, go out there and fucking do something crazy. And you already mentioned it with Austin at the end challenging him. But there was a lot of parts in this interview where he was getting frustrated with Ambrose. And my wife is watching. He's like, is he drunk or high or something? He's just rambling and wouldn't answer questions. And I'm like, Ooh. 
Ambrose. No, and that's I'm like, just him. Yeah, well, it's hard to tell. Like, is he in character? Is he not in character? He no, can't. that's just him. I find that that's just him. That's just literally who he is. He's that guy. Uh, like, that's mm. his personality. That's why his promos sound kind of like that. That's why he sounds yeah. like that. He's just, he's a, you know, he's laid back. But I, I'm, I'm liking Ambrose as champ more than I thought I would. And during this interview, he had an impromptu, like he just cut a promo. Yeah. He's like, what would you do if we were wrestling? And he just impromptu cut a promo. And like, you could see he knows a lot about wrestling and psychology. 100%. It's just, just not exciting in the ring. And he, and sorry to cut you off, go on. No, I was just saying he has everything except he's not exciting in the ring. And that's what Austin was saying. Yep. Push yep. the boundaries, man. Like, just do it. You know, you're you're not a big guy. You're not a little guy. You know, he's, he's just, just the just guy. Gotta get creative. <laughs> yeah. All right. That was a Roman joke. Okay. Powering through. Powering through. Next segment. Unless there's any more news you know of. Slow week. Um, honestly, not really. I'm trying to talk. Nothing has caught my attention this week at all. There is one match we got to watch and talk about next time. It's a five-star match from Japan. Uh, it's with Ishii and... Shit, who's the other guy? Oh, let me get say beat the fuck out of each other. <laughs> yeah, it's Japan, but it was it's a five-star match. Oh, fuck, nice. I forget it. It's some other young guy. Anyway, okay. yeah, we'll watch that. But yeah, slow week, news-wise, not much happened. Uh, cool. And we'll get to SmackDown, but like 90% of SmackDown was in Australia, I think. So Really? Yeah, you didn't notice on SmackDown that there was no Ambrose, there was no Cena, there was no AJ. Honestly, SmackDown is uh, a it was big all recaps for me, but I'll, I'll, we'll get to that. Okay, later. let's get to it. All right, Monday Night Raw. Eh, it's starting to fade a bit. It was good for this two weeks. This is the weeks. first week I noticed a song, by the way. <laughs> the Raw. new song? The intro song for Raw? Yeah, because they played it a hundred times during the show. It's What is it with making music that has nothing to do with wrestling? And Especially soft rock old. that nobody listens to. <laughs> there are stories about Vince McMahon and how he loves Kid Rock. You know, Kid Rock has done like the music for many WrestleManias. Yeah. Uh, so on his plane, people who travel with him and Kofi's travel with him, and they're like, all he plays is ACDC and Kid Rock. He loves that shit. Really? Yeah, that's Vince McMahon. That's hardcore. That's so they probably play shit for him, and he likes it. Yeah. No, I get it. I just, I don't know. All right. So just highlights of the show. Um, there was a really good segment, I thought, with Mick Foley and uh, Daniel Bryan at the end, where they're playing yeah. up, like GM versus GM. Yeah. Um, I don't... I still don't see anything crazy with Mick Foley, man. It's too clashing for me. Like, everybody knows Mick Foley for being a crazy fuck. You can't come on Raw and be the nicest human being with no edge. You look like a fucking homeless bum. That's like, a you, you command no respect on TV right now. You know what I'm saying? Try a little, Mick. Like, holy shit. Like, complimenting everybody. And, yeah, Mr. You know, nice Guy. Like, come on, man. Like, uh, Wait, he did what, do something Raw crazy. It's a big comedy act now. He did do something crazy. Steph gave him an iPad, and he's still using a clipboard. Like, are you serious? <laughs> you know? Um, I did the segment with Puffy, by the way, Puff Daddy. I kind of found it hilarious. But 
Puffy took the the Budio cereal, yeah. and then Mick reaches over and takes the cereal out of his of Puffy's hand. And I can tell Puffy and he says like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Like, there was improvising my bit. You know what I mean? But something did happen too because they like. Did you notice they uh, bleep? Not bleep, but they go like silent whenever someone yeah. swears. Mick fully yeah. said something. It got awkward for like ten seconds because it's these black guys doing their thing, and right, Mick that's fully. That's what I'm saying. He's so mash. not. In with the times, man. He's Mick Foley. We get it. He's a legend. He's a yeah. living legend. Okay, but it, some people, when they get to that age, man, just you can't. It's not the same era. He's in the wrong era. Here, here's my uh, hope and my booking that Daniel Bryan's obviously the good guy. He always gets cheered, even on Raw, and he was being yeah. a dick on Raw. I have a feeling Mick Foley's gonna turn because you you have what? to. No, I just mean to be like a heel. And go How? crazy. Is he going to change his clothes? No, 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 no. Is he going to change his haircut? No, he, he will not old change anything visually. His socks? His shoes? No. His sweatpants? Okay. No. Okay. I don't think he's going to do shit. Unless he... I mean, then he's just going to be a grumpy old man in some fucking flannel. You know? And I just don't... I, I wish they had somebody else with him. And then on the other hand, you have Daniel Bryan, who's a fucking sweetheart. You want to pinch yeah. his cheeks every time you see him. <laughs> so basically... These wrestling shows have turned <laughs> not only PG, but soft. S-A-W-F fucking T soft. Pinch his cheeks. You're on fire today. Well, man, I mean, come on. Like, I love the comedy. Like, I was watching Raw this week and I was laughing. Like, Owens and Chris Jericho oh, they're are the probably best. the best the combination, opening, yeah. period. That was you a great opening. Yeah, it, yeah. It, was, it was insane. I loved it, but... It's just then, okay, leave those guys to be funny. Why the hell is every single segment now a comedy segment? You're saying you didn't Who's laugh serious? at Roman Reigns crashing? Huh? You're saying you didn't laugh at Roman Reigns crashing Rusev that Alana's wedding? That was the worst. Like, <laughs> first of all, those cakes were beautiful. The whole time the segment's going on, in my mind, I'm like, please do not tell me you're going to ruin these fucking cakes. It's WWE. Anytime there's a cake, someone's going in it. I know, but did you see these cakes? And then I'm like... I'm pretty sure they're okay. I was I was so convinced no one's gonna touch these cakes that I was thinking how they're gonna divide it amongst the crew in the back. You are and crazy. Who gets the actual slice of the cake? Is it just the wrestlers? Is it the ring crew too? Or do, you know what I'm saying? Are they gonna fight? Who gets priority? No on slices of no this cake? one was ever gonna eat those cakes. Even if in that segment nothing happened, as soon as what? it makes no. it backstage, Vince Hell is like, "Hold no. on." I, let me tell you, man. Come here, I've pal. Been in, I've been in those stadiums with acts that big, and when food comes to the back, it's gone in 30 seconds. Mm -hmm. Trust <laughs> me, those Vince. Cakes, that's why I was saying. I'm like, those cakes made me so hungry. Vince loves throwing cake in people's faces. I know. And then jank fucking McGoover over here. Uh, what's his name? Roman Reigns comes down. And instead of playing the bad guy, I don't talk much heel, he cut a comedy promo. But he was drinking and champagne. Anything we've learned is this guy is not a comedian. No. Get him the fuck out of there. Stop with the comedy. Suckering, he, suck like, a he fucking drinks a champagne thing like, ooh. He took like a <laughs> chug the champagne glass like, we might as well drink. Whoop. All right. You, you know, what's wrong? You don't want to drink? Like, you had what? to, comedy wise, had to have loved the jobber promo when the guy fought Braun Strowman where he didn't say one word Loved and had more it. emotion than Roman Reigns. You get what I'm saying? The guy didn't... You nailed it. He didn't say one word. And I believed more into him than I did Roman. 
Did you uh, hear Braun Strowman on Steve Austin's podcast this I week? I was just listening to it, actually. Funny you ask. I'm halfway through. Braun, it sounds like a decent guy. He's he's just like a big kid. He's he just is a, a big, big kid. giant, fucking strong guy, man. He's like strong man. The legit food this guy man. eats. I never thought of it. How much does this fucking guy eat? He's like a behemoth. Le- he's a legit strong guy, like Mark Henry. Yeah, he's huge. And not only that, see how fast he moves in the ring when he's squashing jobbers when he hits the ropes. Well, now he says like when he works out, you'll probably get to it if you haven't already. He only does like an hour and a bit, and only no, I haven't got there. And he does like cardio for half of it. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Uh, Yeah, Puffy was great. Darren Young beat Titus this week by cheating. Yeah, who cares? Next. Uh, Cesaro and Sheamus. The fact that he fucked up the chicken wing on last week. Yeah, it wasn't even a chicken wing. wing. I saw it on Botchamania. Yeah, I saw it too. It was not a chicken wing. That was not a chicken wing. So I'm already over Darren Young. You're not. Nobody can make you great again after you botched the chicken wing. And and you're led by Mr. Bob Backlund. Exactly. And Bob Backlund must have been fucking like, see, see, I told you. He's blacks. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Cesaro. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. He's got to be racist. Cesaro yeah. and Sheamus had a slobber knocker. Those yeah, guys beat the shit out match. of each other. Great match. And then Cesaro had another match at the end of the show. Yeah. Yeah, I like. Had, I like. Sometimes they let these guys do to a show. Uh, Kevin Owens did it once. Yeah. Um, I think Sami Zayn did it too. Uh, Finn did it. Like it's good. I like it. But speaking of Mister Nice Guy, I don't, I fucking I now you're getting me hating Mick Foley, and I didn't hate him before this. He posted on Facebook an apology to Cesaro and Sheamus. Something about like they put on such a great match. He apologizes for doubting them. Some some stupid shit like that. Shut up, man. Get a hot. Mick, I don't want to disrespect you because you're a legend. The Mankind character is one of the greatest characters ever built. Fucking, I was watching the WWE Network for $9.99 a month, um, and it was SummerSlam 96. Yeah. It was the Boiler Room match of when it was Mick Foley versus uh, Undertaker. I think that was the first match where Undertaker got his hands on Mick Foley. I remember that. And he was so good. Like he, the noises Nick he was, was making, unreal. pulling out his own hair, and just was, the way he was walking. I was terrified Whoa. of him. Like, get the f- nobody. Maybe Bray Wyatt now, kind of like mm. he's like as perfect as a character, like Mick was as mankind. But come on, man. No, I Bray is nowhere near him. Just based on his entrance, where he gets the fans to like him, and he yeah. was doing this like hometown thing. He's like, you know, Ottawa. I'm here. He gets cheers. No, Mick Foley would walk down to the ring deranged. Get in the ring, yeah. pull out his own goddamn hair, <laughs> squealing like a pig, and just make noises and while he's wrestling. Like he so wore fucking gangster. He's fat and he wore all I was brown. Terrified of him. We went to a house show and he was there. I did not run to like the gate yeah, to no, hell stick no. my he hand fucking out. Fucking terrified me, man. I loved it, but now we got old man Santa, and every time I'm looking <laughs> at him, I'm trying to remember some glory moments of Mick, and I can't because oh, I just see this. Extremely polite, extremely hypersensitive. Well spoken, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yep, too polished. Uh, yeah, so too, not too a good much. week for wrestling. So let's get over to SmackDown. I don't have sound for it yet. So what God. is this shit? Where Carmella beats Natalia with a submission move. Can I tell you something? Tell me something. 
I fast forwarded that much. <laughs> okay, that's not like the, the you're not alone in this confession. <laughs> I, I didn't want to say it because I tried to watch it the second I, I'm the fucking man in Staten Island. I'm like, yep, fast forward. It's not yeah, happening. I'm sorry. her I'm sorry, stick is it's not happening. Awful. Cheerleaders are done with her stick is awful outside of NXT. And she then comes they, now out. They got the, I was watching NXT this week, and they got a new fucking cheerleader from Jersey that's exactly like her. I'm like, are you, and even smaller. Get that? See, she, is this the blonde chick, chick you're talking about? Smaller. Morgan something? Huh? Something Morgan? Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you want some bad news? What? You know who she's dating? Who? Well, listen up, you jank! The who? The Morgan chick? Yep. No. Yep. Well, they make a perfect couple then. Never mind. <laughs> But see, she's legit. She's <laughs> yeah. legit like that. Now you like her. All right. Yeah. Um, so SmackDown, American Alpha's back, and they're fighting jobbers. I know. It's amazing. And then they had a weird thing with all these tag teams coming out surrounding the ring. It's like, okay. Yeah. I get it. I get it. Uh, best piece of this show was Miss and Maurice on a table. Just being disgusting. Amazing. Did you f- amazing. Yeah. Really good. Really good there. Yeah, I liked it. Um, SmackDown, I mean, whatever. I like it. I, I still watch it. But I think the problem with SmackDown is that I'm already over wrestling the second SmackDown goes on because I've already watched like you Raw. know enough of it. Well, and with like, Raw, this show had nothing because, like I said, the big Nobody part of there. the crew wasn't there. It was all flashbacks yeah, or uh, replays. Yeah, I was just gonna say too, like way too many vignettes. Ten minutes Scooby Doo spot on both shows. Yeah, garbage, garbage. Uh, oh man but then the whole week was redeemed by one match on the cruiserweight classic Ooh. holy shit yeah holy shit is right koda abushi and cedric alexander unbelievable that, match yeah that, that match was like uh, i caught myself it smiling beauty. it was a thing of art it was stiff as shit um, I'm Crazy happy because the thing is, first of all, okay, before we even get there, Tajiri, fucking sign Tajiri for God's sakes, bring him in. Is he signed? Yeah, he's signed. Uh, oh. I know he lost, but they've signed him. I don't know if he's oh, gonna be a trainer. God. I don't know what he's gonna be. Can but this he's guy back. like impress you more than? It's, like everything, he's gotten better. How does he got like? How does he get better? Like muscle you know memory. He's introduced new moves. His mannerisms are a little bit different. His Fuck, kicks his are kicks still are crazy. So but yeah, he's got muscle memory and he said it older, like his experience is longer than most of the people in that tournament. Yeah. Wow. What a, I was actually impressed with the Tajiri match first. I was you surprised know? he lost because I know he was signed. Me too. Me but too. It makes sense. I, was, I was really unhappy with that finish. The finish, even everybody in the crowd was like, all right. You know, Grand Metallic is amazing too. Don't get me wrong. He was really good, man. The chain wrestling there was probably one of the best chain wrestlings I've seen. His music just annoys me. Yeah, his music was fucking annoying. <laughs> it's the most uh, Mexican music I've ever heard. And then this match happens he, with Kota Ibushi and fucking, uh, what's his name? Cedric Alexander? Yeah. Who you yeah. called Apollo Cruz's brother, and I believed it for a second, but Apollo Cruz has nothing on this guy in personality. Um, I, I didn't see that much more personality. I don't know what you saw. He, I mean, he wears a weird necklace. Well, he did you watch after the credits? There was a crazy scene. Yeah, where he's uh, crying. Triple H came out. Triple H comes out. Like the crowd was chanting, yeah. "Sign him!" or like, "Please sign him!" Please sign him. The crowd was chanting, "Please sign him!" 
And Triple H walks out from the surprise, back, yeah, looking like he's literally running the fucking show. And uh, he's like, "Yeah, don't worry, we got him. I got you. <laughs> Come yeah. back here." It's almost like he just printed it, the contract back there. He's like, "Yep, don't unbelievable." Worry, got you. There, there was this Cedric Alexander gave him one uh, chest uh, yeah, chop where you yeah, could still it was, see it, was like it a on slap, him. but he oh. hit his neck. But yeah, and you could still see it on Kota Ibushi I, at the end. I know. I wasn't a big fan of those chops, man. They're getting a little ridiculous. I think, and Ibushi looks like the type of guy that kind of gets a kick from it. Did you? I feel like he kind of likes okay. it when, like, you like reminded nobody me. volunteers to you, get hit that many times in a fucking chest. You, where you, you reminded me. I, I was watching it, and Kota Ibushi kind of looks a bit strange, no? He does. He's really weird. He's very strange. And I heard Shinsuke say yes. the same thing. Yeah, Shinsuke was on Jericho's podcast, and Jericho asked him about Kota Ibushi, and he, you know, uh, Shinsuke's like, yeah, yeah, because they had a uh, five-star match two years ago, yeah. and he's like, yeah, yeah, but he's strange, <laughs> and he <laughs> didn't explain it. <laughs> he's like, yeah. oh, are you hoping he gets signed? He's like, yeah, but he's strange. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. so he might get off on it. Who knows? Yeah, I think there's something weird about him, man. Because uh, to you, he looks like early 20s, no? But he's, he's almost 40. Yeah, but he's built in a weird way. He's very muscular. So yeah. he can pull off these insane, like when he does his finisher, the last ride powerbomb type of thing. It looks so good because he's literally hoisting you up. but High up the ground, yeah. High up there. You know what I'm saying? He's a really strong guy. Um, I don't know. I don't really, to me, he, he, he has no personality, which is the weird part. Like he gives the thumbs up. You know when you're yeah. giving a thumbs up at the end of a match? You're, it's not a good look. He's riding just on his... Um, yeah. On Oh, fuck. What is it called? I don't know why I always have brain freezes in here. His reputation. God damn it. There it is. Yeah. His yeah. reputation and his ring skills are insane. Well, yeah. You know his skills saying? are like, unbelievable. So, yeah, excellent, um, excellent match. Excellent match. Amazing. Now that, Next week is going to be amazing, too. Now, well, yeah. The first round is done, so you kind of got rid of the jobbers. I'm more excited for these Cruiserweight Challenges. To be I, honest with you, didn't yeah. like SmackDown. Uh, I have more fun on these things because it's only an hour or two. And NXT's died down. Oh, God. You got Mojo and Samoa. Oh, no. No, thanks. Mojo. I skipped it. I couldn't even do it. I'm sorry. Did you I see... I can't do Mojo Rollins. I can't do him. Uh, Asuka and Bailey contract signing? I like, yeah. Asuka gonna, said something no one understood. Me. But I... She her promo Asuka said a line nobody understood it it was silence I didn't understand it she can't talk don't get her to talk no don't get her to talk the only she did one thing once on a mic that I thought was extremely brilliant and I even commented on it it was the fact that when she fucking just started yelling in Japanese she cut yes, a promo in Japanese speaking Japanese for like five seconds and yelling it and people were going nuts for it because it's like nobody understands it but it sounds gangster as fuck you know. Some fucking Japanese lady screaming some shit at you in Japanese well, is dope. That's better than her trying to speak English. Yeah. No, going down. That's no, it. There's no emotion because she's trying to speak English. Going, <laughs> you talk too much. Uh, All right. We're getting to it. <laughs> Let's huh? get to our interview. Let's give him a call. Let's see what happens. Okay. Well, before we get on, um, his name is Papa Hales. Yeah, Papa Hales. Papa Hales, he's on Twitter. Um, you can follow him at Papa Hales, I believe. At, uh, it's actually at Mike Hales Nine. My, <coughs> at Mike Hales Nine. Yeah, number nine. Take a swig of this beer before we get on. Swig of beer for the working man. <laughs> All right, let's bring him on here. We're gonna call him in or what? Yeah, he's gonna be on his cell phone. So 
No promises here. Let's do this. Okay. Dialing. Dialing Papa Hales. Exactly 9.30, man. Just exactly like we told him. Just call him Papa? I'm going to call him Papa Hales. Hey, Papa. Papa the showstopper. Colin. Hello. Hello there. Papa Hales? Is this, is, is this Papa Hales? Yes. Can you hear me? Yes. yes. Now we can hear you. How are this you? This is Al Jefe here with my trusty co-host, the, the Sheik. Sheik, on Jobber's Corner. Well, to hear from you. Good, good. How are you, sir? Uh, I'm actually a little under the weather after the SCI. It, it uh, took its toll on me. What's that? Um, but I, I'm slowly recovering. I'm grounded from live events for a few days because I'm on my way to New York City for SummerSlam weekend. No. Oh, are you now? Are you going to uh, NXT Brooklyn too? Yes, I will be at NXT in Brooklyn. Oh, we got to have you back on so you can tell us what it's like live. Oh, yeah. I've, I've got a, actually a, a six-show agenda No. Uh, in New York City. Uh, over four days, uh, I will be um, going to Tier 1 in BAM on Friday. And then on Saturday, I'll have Evolve in the afternoon, oh, no. NXT Brooklyn TakeOver that evening. And then, of course, Jeez. I'll be at SummerSlam and Raw on Monday night. That's amazing. So, so Papa, before we uh, brought you on here, we kind of gave our listeners a little intro about who you are and what you do. But I really want to hear it out of your own words. You can tell, you know, I mean, you just gave us a schedule breakdown like you're actually wrestling yourself. <laughs> <laughs> so before we, we confuse everybody, you are you are what I call a super fan for the ages, right? That's uh, probably the best way to describe me. I really am just a super fan. Uh, I will be the first one to admit that I am I'm not an expert. In fact, I am probably the most non-expert of anyone you'll ever have on your podcast. It, it, in what like way? Job it, of podcasts. <laughs> no. So in what way? Like, it, it, as far as technical, um, you know, vocab goes in the in the ring, or or like history of wrestling. Uh, pretty much uh, the whole. Uh, pretty much in every way. Uh, here's where my advantage is over some people. I have been a lifelong wrestling fan I, I went to my first live show in 1959 jeez um and i remember the the kangaroos the fabulous kangaroos were on that show in albuquerque and uh, mm -hmm. dory funk senior yeah and uh you know uh i don't remember all of the action i was only six seven years old uh, the, the main thing I remember about that that night is me and my brother David got into a shoot fight and I tore my pants and got into a lot of trouble <laughs> when I got home. You didn't know it was a work back then? So, I'm sorry, what? I was just going to say, you didn't know it was fake back then when you guys started wrestling? Uh, oh, absolutely. I had no idea. When I uh, Now, my dad tells me that uh, he actually took me and my brother to wrestling uh, even before then, back in the in the mid fifties, when I was four or five years old, up in Minneapolis. So this uh, is like a family. This is like a family thing for you guys. The Hale Clan, oh, I see. Oh yeah, my my dad loved wrestling, and really? uh, he took us a couple of times up in Minneapolis. But I I don't really talk about that much because I don't remember it. 
Right. Yeah. I just know told me that he took me up to the first show I remember is 1959. And of course, I grew up in Albuquerque, and that was uh, run by Mike London as part of the uh, Amarillo Territory from the Funks. Yeah. So uh, that, that's really what got me uh, into really the love of pro wrestling. So, so I mean, that's what drew you into wrestling even to this day. Like, what makes you get up every day and say, you know what, I'm going to this indie show, uh, even though the production level isn't the same as what I see on t- television and what, like, what is driving you if you're not that uh, high up on the expert tatum bowl of, you know, the, the, the technical side of it? What draws uh, you to come to these matches? I, I still love the technical side of it, and I don't want to, I don't want to underestimate that because I yeah. love wrestlers and there are many great wrestlers uh i'm just trying to make the point that i don't have the the uh you never wrestled yourself right well i have a little bit but not very successfully and never professionally now i've been a high school wrestling coach oh really i have some knowledge of wrestling and i guess i kind of uh maybe Maybe I'm underplaying a little bit what I know. Let me, okay. let me put it that yeah. way. Yeah. I'm telling you, if you've been watching wrestling since 59, I'm sure you picked up on one one of these things, right? Uh, it's just that uh, so many of the guys that I that I talk to all the time at shows and that I uh, on social media, they just have a much greater knowledge than I do about specific things maybe that have happened in the ring, specific moves. And uh, I feel like maybe they have much better memories than I do. Uh, but yeah. I have on this, and that is I've been to see people that they will never be able to see because so much of the footage has been destroyed right. uh, from the early years. And I've had experiences that they will never experience. Yeah, your your mental library is probably more extensive than the WWE Network when it comes to what you've seen inside of a ring, what kind of wrestlers you've seen, what kind of shows you've been. I'm sure you've been some shows that you're like, what the hell am I doing here? You know what I mean? Or some of the craziest points. You no, know, uh, we're just, you know, a handful of people there. Many of them over the years. Uh, I remember I went to one show in, in South Carolina. Uh, uh, they had a diaper match. <laughs> <laughs> a diaper match. Loser wears it and wears a diaper. Okay, so let and, me uh, uh, let me ask you this because we're very fortunate to have someone on the show who has this much wrestling history. Of the eras, because you five decades at least of wrestling that you can remember, which era is your favorite? 80s, it was pretty huge. 90s, kind of a downhill. 2000s had the Attitude Era. Which era do you uh, prefer? Well, the eras eras that I uh, like to come, I I really did like the Attitude Era. Uh, That was a time that I really enjoyed. I got really excited and spent a lot of time not... Uh, necessarily going to so many shows, but watching so much on TV. Yeah, uh, that was a huge. It was such a fun time. Uh, it, was it was just a, a huge. It was time a golden and, time, golden age of wrestling. I call it. Right, and just the personalities right. were fantastic. Uh, I love the olden times. I call them what uh, when I grew up, uh, which would have been the old Amarillo territory. Uh, seeing all those shows and fights in, in Albuquerque and the Civic Auditorium and then traveling to Amarillo and seeing the TV tapings and uh, uh, with Mike London and uh, oh, yeah. the Funks and the yeah. Wild out there in Clovis, New Mexico. Uh, it was just almost a Wild West attitude. And See, uh, you, you were apt to see anything. 
And yeah, that's and what we're missing. There was no, you know, we didn't have the luxury of the internet and social media for you to go and research who some of these wrestlers were. You, you had to take someone's word for it. You know, oh, I saw him wrestle so and so last night at the whatever stadium, and you kind of just have to believe it. He ripped his head off. No, I'm telling you, he literally ripped his head off. You yeah. know, and and legends were built that way. Whereas now, you know. You, uh, for example, Braun Strowman, one of my favorite guys right now coming up. I, I just heard him on the Steve Austin podcast, and I'm like, shit, you just killed some of your kayfabe. Like, I still believe the kayfabe era. All the mystique right. is gone. Right. And see, I grew up with that thinking, well, is this re- this is real. I mean, there was a point when I was a kid when I thought all of this is real. When, yeah, when did you, know. you, when and, did you uh, know? Sorry, when did you know or do you recall when you found out it wasn't real? Actually, I know this sounds crazy, uh, but it probably wasn't until I was well late into my teens till I actually figured it out that this was all this was all uh, uh, created stories and a, a crafted product, and it, it really didn't hit me really big until I was late into my teen years. And did someone? Uh, and I, I'm did... not the brightest guy in the world, so maybe that that's the reason for that. And do you, but, uh, do you, that is true. I, I want to comment on one thing that you just sure. mentioned because it is yeah. it was absolutely one of the most hilarious things I've ever seen. And this is the jobbers uh, <laughs> podcast here. Yeah, we but, highlight all uh, jobbers. My friend Corey Hollis <laughs> and, and Braun Strowman <laughs> uh, a few weeks ago on Raw. Yes. When, yeah. uh, when Evan uh, came out, uh, to, you know, uh, and had the interview before he was crushed yep. by yeah. Braun. That, to me, is one of the craziest, funniest things I've seen on Ron a long I'm time. I'm so and happy the, We agree that. with you. And right. all of my uh, uh, kudos go out to Corey Hollis, who's, who's a great independent wrestler. He, he had a, a real great run in the SCI as well. Yeah. And he's, he's doing his thing in uh, NXT now, uh, along with John Schuyler. But... Uh, if you didn't like that, if you didn't enjoy that, then you don't yeah. know what a jobber is. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and that's the thing. I mean, we we started this whole show based on just giving honor and homage to the jobbers out there because that's what made us believe in wrestling when we grew up in the early 90s when we started watching wrestling is the squash matches, you know. And, and oh we have a segment on the show where we highlight the jobber match of the week, the promo jobber uh, jobber promo of the week. And just to see, like, where the other end of wrestling is. And now to see, first of all, Braun Strowman to come up. But it's not easy being a jobber, man. We, we were talking about it. I mean, you have to be generally scared. I think and most people are generally scared of a guy yeah. like Braun Strowman. I mean, he's, he's, oh, he's yes. the right guy to do this with. You, you, you have to have that believability element. And uh, yeah. uh, I think a jobber has to have... To, to really be effective, he has to have a false sense of security, a false sense of how good they are, and yet you see in their eyes they have the sheer terror of realizing, <laughs> oh, my God, I've just bitten off way more than I can chew. And these guys <laughs> yeah. have definitely fit that bill. I, and and for me... I hope I hope Free Hollis is up in that uh, group to be honored for his his skills on that particular night. I mean, but, hey, if if we get if we get a jobber medal going somehow, he's definitely <laughs> getting one in the mail. I'll tell you that much. For me, jobbers that really resound or uh, 
the jobbers that really work for me are the ones that don't look completely athletic, that more look like common man. Because you always think like, oh, I wonder if I could fight that guy. And then you see someone, you're like, oh, that's that's a normal looking guy. And he just gets squashed. That's where these <laughs> <laughs> Braun oh, yes. Strowman's, you're like, that guy's a monster. Let me give you an example of, of a guy who uh, in some ways would fit the jobber um, category in the indies right now. Uh, and he just won his first match in literally, I believe, two years. Oh, my God. And he won the uh, PWX championship beating John Schuyler, and that's Jake Manning. Jake uh, Manning. Jake Manning. Uh, he's been jobbing and losing matches for two years, but he always gives the uh, – uh, he's called the man scout. He brings his uh, Boy Scout uh, manual with him to the ring, <laughs> and he has, a, he has a significant following in the in the southeast U.S., especially in the Carolinas, and he's wrestled. I've seen him in Atlanta. I've seen him uh, in uh, I think he's Carolinas. wrestled Kevin Owens. I, I, I'm looking him up right now. Yeah. I, he's, he actually and, uh, walks to the ring with a Boy Scout outfit. It's hilarious. Yes. Yes, but he to me is kind of the king of jobbers uh, in the indies, and he's now graduated from being a jobber to being a legit guy. And you yeah. see that a lot of times with jobbers. But uh, I've seen him, uh, as I said, in Atlanta, in the Carolinas. Uh, I went to the PWX show another level a, a couple of weeks ago when he won the championship from John Schuyler in an incredible match. They busted a table literally five feet from me. Uh, there were uh, uh, thumbtacks showered all over the Oof. table, and they splattered up, hit me, bounced off my head, a brutal match that went in and out of the ring, and it was a, a really culmination of a two-year story in that PWX promotion, which is a great promotion, by the way. And uh, it was unbelievable. The, the crowd was totally lit. And uh, it just shows you what it could, what a jobber can do when that when that uh, uh, time appears or yeah. the opportunity presents itself. Uh, well, uh, well I have, speaking of like uh, speaking of small shows, well, you know NXT to me is starting to highlight smaller shows. Like it's okay to have a few hundred people in in an arena. Because to me, when I was growing up, I never wanted to watch. And an indie match because uh, to me it was like why would I watch the minors when I can watch the big leagues right but I think right. the, the NXT because you can see the quality of wrestlers and you notice a lot of these guys are indie guys and then it kind of does this reverse pattern Promotion. where you start researching yeah. like the smaller venues and you're like oh my god the ring of honor that's great and then you go lower than them and then you keep you know and, and I think the indies are starting to finally get a little bit more recognition than you used to get back in the day where everybody just, Oh, you know, you make $40 a match and you go home and you, it's just, just shits. So you're just there to pay your dues. But I find now a lot of the guys are bringing this indie culture into the big light. You know what I mean? And, and I wanted really, to, you got really, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I, I just want to ask you related to that. Since you've seen such a variety of shows across different venues, which product do you prefer? Do you prefer the WWE SummerSlam Raw weekend, or do you prefer the PWX shows you go to? Um, I'll be perfectly honest with you on that. I loved going to uh, uh, WrestleMania weekend this last year in Dallas. Oh, yeah. Um, I wasn't real high on Mania itself. No. Uh, uh, you know, For a lot of reasons. I don't necessarily have to get into all of them, but just storyline reasons primarily. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think um, we're all in the same boat when it comes to that. But 
the whole experience that they put together is incredible. And of course, I'm going to all of the major satellite shows. Right. I'm going to go see uh, um, all of the Evolve shows. I'm going to see all the Ring of Honor shows. Uh, I'm going to see some wild little shows. I went to go see a show called Texas Mania at 3 in the morning. And I'm over there, and I'm watching Johnny Gargano wrestle. No. <laughs> nice. But the funniest part about that is I've seen Johnny more times live this year probably than I've seen my own wife. <laughs> so, so, so just to follow into that, do these wrestlers start recognizing you? Because, look, if I'm a new person, and I, by the way, if you're listening, you have to go on uh, Papa Hales' Twitter account, which is at MikeHales9, and look at some of the photos you've posted. And in every picture, you're basically cutting a promo look. <laughs> so you're, so you have a distinctive look. You definitely have a distinctive look. Now, do these wrestlers pick up on it when they see you at these live shows? Oh my gosh, yes. That that's that's that's. Uh, I know a, a, a pretty significant number of, of uh, pro wrestlers that are pretty high up on the indie scene. Of course, I don't know people at the WWE level. Um, yeah. But uh, uh, for instance, I'm at, I was at Birmingham uh, NXT Birmingham. Uh, last week, uh, uh, the day before SCI started, and uh, uh, when Johnny Gargano came around and uh, was leaving the ring, he, he hugged me and my son, Dylan. He says, gosh, I can't get rid of you guys. <laughs> so, uh, Johnny knows me, and uh, a lot of them have me on, uh, uh, will DM me, uh, yeah. and we'll talk. Uh, That's pretty cool, man. Do any uh, of the wrestlers ever ask you for feedback on their work? I have had some. Uh, now I'm I'm going to be uh, a little quiet on that because I, I I'm not sure it's like ghostwriting uh, for someone yeah you just... or not I have keep it kayfabe some... keep it kayfabe yeah uh, right I have had some ask me uh, they're more likely to ask my sons who really have more uh, knowledge on some of those technical things uh, but yes we do get that. Listen, Papa, we, on this show, uh, before we start, we always like to indulge in uh, what I call late 80s and 90s, early 90s uh, wrestling habits of the locker room, which is drinking, smoking, whatever to get us in the mood. When you come to these wrestling shows, you can't go sober. You're, I'm, not, I'm sure you're sitting there, you have something in your hand. What do you drink? What, what, what's your, do you even drink when you go to these wrestling shows I'm, to get you in a mood or what, what happens? I'm really excited that you brought that up. Okay. <laughs> got some really good news and some really bad news for you. Right. Uh, I'll give you the bad news first. I do not drink. Okay. And uh, uh, none of the Hales clan boys drink. Really? Uh, we're, we're all straight edge. Night. And uh, you're all straight edge from, all the way across the board. That's correct. That's some good wow. parenting. Uh, uh, but we get absolutely unbelievably blown up high on the wrestling. And uh the wrestling kind of fuels us. That's incredible. Now, I don't uh I won't deny that I get hopped up on sugar. <laughs> and then I'll take I'll take five or six extra shots of insulin there because I am a diabetic, so I might be getting pumped up with a lot of insulin, <laughs> uh, you know, being set off by the sugar. But when I feel, you know get into event, I'm ready to go. Yeah, and that's awesome. If man. you're sitting by me, if you're sitting by me, I'm like I might chew your ass out if you don't get up. And I don't care who you cheer for. I couldn't care less. Okay. But you, you know, you're you're not you're not there to be a bump on a pickle. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm happy you're saying that, man. Because you know what, me and uh, Sheik over here, we went to um, 
Roadblock. What pay-per-view was it? Roadblock? Right. We were in Roadblock. We were in right front row seats, literally right by the uh, um, opposite side of the hard cam. And we're, we're sitting right there at the railings. And there was an older couple behind us. And every time we got up to cheer, I mean, you're right at the fucking front. Uh, oh, we're God. getting up. We're yelling things like I'm, I'm playing along because this is what I want to do as a kid. I'm not a kid anymore. But I'm gonna boo you if you're a heel. I'm gonna cheer you if you're a, if you're a babyface. And every time I got up, these people behind us are like, "Can you guys sit down, please? We're trying to watch the match." Do you know where you are? Do you know this is fucking wrestling? Like you're oh, supposed oh. to get up. I, and it makes me think in the '70s when like uh, the Freebirds and all these guys that you hear these legendary stories of this heat they carried, and people would throw shit at them. And now we're getting asked to sit down, please, because you're making too much noise. I, I, I get you. I mean, this is a WWE show. It's not, you know, an indie show. Right. But, you know, I'm a veteran of the ECW shows. No wars too. I've been to many of those shows live. I so, you know, I, I know about the craziness of fans. And, uh, you know, I try not. My goal is not to offend anybody. Yeah. Uh, my goal is just to get fired up. Uh, you know, at the SCI this past weekend, um, on, on day two, I actually ran a merch table. Had a front row seat <laughs> and had a lot of crazy stuff going on. Uh, the reason I got a merch table, and I don't mind telling you, is I wanted to make sure there was plenty of streamers and plenty of toilet paper to throw. Very so basically, smart. all I sold at my merch table, table was streamers, toilet paper, <laughs> and then I had some uh, wristbands for 2016 Scenic City Invitational. And, I, you know, I had a lot of people. My goal was not to make any money. Uh, yeah, I didn't want to make any money. Every dime I made, I just took and I spent it on merch at other wrestlers' tables. Yeah, you're, you're you're just feeding the culture. You're feeding the show. You're giving that energy that the rest. That's what wrestling shows are. Especially you just said it. You don't drink. You don't smoke. You don't. You're living off that live. You know energy, and you're creating that. That's amazing. Well, and you already uh, mentioned that you get just high from the excitement. I remember at Roadblock, I don't think I've ever screamed so much in my life that I was lightheaded yeah. after the show. I was drained. I don't know how you have the energy to do what you do. Uh, let me give you an example of, of uh, what I call real excitement in the WWE ring. Uh, I'm going to complete the, the what I call the Grand Slam this year. Uh, in the, I went to Survivor Series and uh, Royal Rumble. And, uh, of course, Mania, and then I'm going to SummerSlam, which I call the Grand Slam. And everybody should do that at least once in their life. That is a Grand um, Slam. That's that's actually, you should coin that. Uh, that's the official wrestling Grand Slam. And, and it's it, I don't know if it's been coined yet or not, but Papa Hale's just coined it on this show. <laughs> so, that's crazy. Um, but uh, the moment that I remember most in all of those moments, and I haven't been to SummerSlam yet, but the moment I remember the most is when AJ Styles came out at the Rumble. Oh, oh yeah. That crowd was electric. Nice. That huge crowd. Uh, the you know, because of course it's been building up for such a yes. long time for AJ to appear, you know, to make his appearance. But when he came out, it was uh, just like electricity through that crowd. Yeah. And just you know, it's like the the uh, passing of the torch it's just right. uh just an amazing moment that would so be who's my your favorite moment so who's your favorite wrestler now is it aj you know i love aj uh he would be up near the near the top um i'm gonna give uh, some strange answers on, on th that question at the wwe level level i think i like big e 
I yes. like it. Good pick. And yes. I really wish they'd push him as a single because I think he's one of the best guys around. It's coming. It's coming. Uh, I, I have a uh, feeling it's going to happen soon. Now, I, I don't know how many people feel that way, but, you know, and, I, and I, it's not that I don't love New Day because I do love New Day, yeah. but I just think E is a, is a star. Yeah. Uh, a real star. A hundred percent. I really, uh, I do love AJ a lot. He's he's one of my guys. Yeah. Um, Same. But uh, I also, I'm, I'm also one of the guys who really likes Roman Reigns. Uh, you know, really? he has pluses and Minuses, uh, you know. Some people I think don't like him because they feel like he's had this push, right. you yeah. know, from the beginning, and uh, which is a legitimate, legitimate point. But I just think he's a real strong powerhouse guy, uh, and I like him. Who would um, you compare him to, like from the past, that we can say, okay, you know, you, who can you really compare him to as far as his ability and his look and all that? Oh, he actually, in a way, kind of brings me back to some of the. Uh, some of the older guys, because uh, he's a very punch kick type of wrestler, so that's right. why it's somebody like a. I'm trying to think too. Um, In a it's way, a hard he's one of some of the stuff I saw from the Von Erics uh, yeah. back in the day. Uh, which yeah. goes back, you know, a long way, but with a lot of those uh, types of moves, he's got, that, he's got that aura and, about him too. Right. Right. Uh, yeah. So he doesn't really translate that many direct that much directly to people that that I can think of, uh, but he's he's a guy that I like. Um, I like E. I like. Did you like his little comedy segment this week on Raw? Oh my God, yes! I think he's, <laughs> really? you know, I just think he's tremendous. Wow! You know, we we were just talking about it earlier before we brought you on, and we just talked about how much we hated it. Well, you know what? That's the that's the best thing about wrestling. The beauty of wrestling, right? Is the difference of opinion right? Uh, if everybody thought what I thought, we'd all be screwed up. <laughs> yeah, I've wrestling and makes wrestling great and makes the social media and the podcast and everything about wrestling so great is that there are so many different opinions. Yes. Um, you, you know, know and uh, as much as I like, yeah. Sorry, I was just going to say, as much as I like rooting for wrestlers, I think I actually like hating wrestlers more. Certain ones. When I go to a oh. show and I really hate them, I, I get more out of booing than I get cheering. Oh, of course. You know, that that's that's a huge part of it. And, and I kind of had the flip side of that when I grew up. And as I as I came up here in the Chattanooga area in my late teens and my early early 20s, uh, there was a lot of, of uh, wrestling in, in, through this area. Uh, coming through Atlanta, Nashville, and all the uh, uh, areas here in Chattanooga. And uh, I love Tojo Yamamoto. And he was the most hated heel here. Everyone yeah. hated him. Uh, but I loved him, man. He would come out with these wooden shoes and beat the hell out of you <laughs> and then chop you to death. I mean, he was my guy. So I have to admit, I've always had an affinity for heels. Yeah. Um, and I also like uh, uh, the... Uh, Oh, I can't remember what I was uh, thinking about just then. But heels have always been my favorite. Um, and I love the jobbers. A, a, a good friend of mine uh, kind of became a jobber as he went more into the into the industry. But I went to college with him. He was a college uh, real good friend of mine. I was a sports editor of the paper at uh, UTC in Chattanooga. And it's Pistol Pez Watley. And uh, Pistol was uh, Pistol. a real good friend of mine. 
uh, Pistol Pez Watley and Shaska is one name he had when he became a jobber. Yep. But uh, he was a great guy, great with a great personality and whatnot. But you kind of uh, have to be. You have to have a great personality to be a jobber, man. To accept the fact that you're going to go into this pre-scripted world and job and you're literally going to take bumps. And these days, jobbing is not easy. The bumps they have to take with guys like um, Big uh, Strowman over there, uh, Braun Strowman, like, it's not easy. Like, it's not. I, I could never. I'm a jobber at heart <laughs> because <laughs> cause I job out the life. But I can't. Well, I, I, don't, I don't think I could go in the ring and ever job like the way jobbers do. Oh, I couldn't I either. I could, if I ever went into the ring, I definitely would be a jobber. <laughs> but I'm not sure I'd, I'd last for any kind of contact with anybody. I'd be in there with my smirk and my, uh, you know bouncing around and then when i saw what was about to happen i'd try and get the hell out of there i can uh, see you as but, a good manager uh, i can see you as a good manager on the rig now i might be good at that now uh about a, uh two years ago not this last year at christmas but the year before this at christmas i was trying to think what to get my son dylan hales who uh uh is probably the most knowledgeable person i know in the world on professional wrestling yeah uh he, is incredible. Uh, a lot of people know him as Dylan Waco. Um, is he on Twitter? Yes, he is on Twitter. Uh, I think it's uh, at Dylan Waco, maybe. Okay. Uh, and we'll uh, and he's absolutely incredible in terms of his knowledge. Um, but I didn't know what to He had everything on, in wrestling. Uh, imaginable. He's been he's been one of these tape collectors since the early days, since mm -hmm. the eighties. You know what I'm talking VHS, about? VHS, like yeah. all the VHS. Oh, yeah. yeah, VHS, Stop. DVD. Yeah, uh, and uh, he has so many connections. Um, and uh, since I couldn't figure out what to get him, I started looking online, the internet. I went to some of my connections. I actually got him for for Christmas a collection of jobber. Figures, no. jobber wrestling figures. Why is it? That was it, that, that, I'm sorry. There's such thing out there. There's jobber figurines and action figures. I had to build it myself. I had to scour the internet, uh, scour uh, uh, all of my sources, and see what I could come up with. Oh so my I found God. this figurine. Some of them were still in the box. Oh my and, God, that's amazing. And some of them were, and I asked him tonight, I had told him I was going to be on here, and I said, well, who else in that collection I gave you? And he told me who he's got in there. He said, it's Charlie Haas. Nice. <laughs> Heath Slater. The number one jobber of 2016, yep. The Red Rooster. Oh, the Terry Taylor. Rooster, Terry Taylor. No, not Terry Taylor. Iron Mike Sharp. Rest in I've peace. Uh, Barry Horowitz. Oh, yeah. yeah. And his favorite that he keeps up on his thing, uh, on his uh, uh, dresser right there at all times, of course, is the Brooklyn Brawler. Oh, of course. the ultimate jobber. If the there was best. ever a king of jobbers. Yes, in his torn Yankee shirt, of, of course. course. Amazing. All right, Papa I Hales. Really got a push. Got we got a push for like two months. <laughs> Papa Hales, oh, we got we one last question for you before we wrap up here. Survivor Series yeah. this year is going to be in our neck of the woods in Toronto. Are we going to see you there? 
you know what? I think there's a, a definite possibility of that. I have not been up there. I have to get a, a, a the a passport or whatever to get in Canada now. Yeah, but now it's like that. I hate, I hate to miss it again. Uh, 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 my son, uh, Dylan, has a good friend up there. Uh, uh, I believe it's Dave Musgrave that lives up in that area in Toronto. Well, um, you and know, several other Canadian friends that he has up there that are big wrestling uh, aficionados. So I would say there's a very good chance. And I think if that happens, I'm going to have to look you guys up. Absolutely. Oh, I mean, let me tell you something. Canadians are known to be the rowdiest crowd. I mean, the Montreal screw job crowd. And anytime you go to Canada or Edmonton or in the West, we're nuts in Toronto. Survivor series is going to be wild or we're going to try to make it wild anyways. That would be great. We had we I actually entertained a couple of guests from Canada at uh, Scenic City Invitational this week. One came down from Vancouver, mm-hmm. and a pair came down from Montreal. We had them from like almost twenty states and and Canada for that great great weekend we had down down here. But um, I would love to hang out with you guys up there. And even though I don't drink, I love when other people do. <laughs> okay, oh, well, well we'll take you up on that. <laughs> don't worry. I'm telling you, we can talk hours and hours of wrestling. I mean, to us guys, like we, I mean, we've been watching wrestling for the last 20 years. You've been watching wrestling for the last 40 some years. And for us to pick someone's brain like you would be, uh, trust me, it, it, it would, would be, be a our pleasure. Yeah. But again, thank cool. you so much for coming on our show. Like we've been waiting for, to have you on here for a while. I know we try to get you on here a couple of times. Work happens, life happens, things happen. But we're really happy you're on here. And for everybody that's listening, please go and follow him. His uh, Twitter handles at Mike Hales Nine. He's Papa Hales from the Hales Clan. A bunch of funny pictures. I mean, fuck, you are the ultimate super fan. Like I've never seen someone like you. So honestly, love a pleasure uh, speaking to you, sir. Oh, thank you so much. All right. Thanks for your time. You too. too. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. bye. Papa Hales, what a treat. All right. Let's get, uh, let's get El Jafe back on here. Yep. I'm back. Sorry about that. That's all right. What a treat that was. That guy, I'm telling you, man. Somebody who doesn't drink, somebody who does not smoke, to go to all these indie shows—that is wrestling. That's it. I mean, fuck. You can't get a better fan than that. No, and that's what happens. Like everyone's first memory of wrestling, even people who don't watch now, they have a memory when they were a kid, and you got hooked. Yeah, you got hooked. What a. Papa Hills is not a young man, and uh, God bless him for it. But you know. He the fact dedicated. that the raw wrestling energy, man, fucking makes you think. Like, and you know? like he just loves wrestling. He is not attached to WWE only or one promotion. He goes sees as much as he can. I, I can't wait to have him back on. Me too, man. And he's not one of those guys where it's like, you know, in the olden days, I really liked uh, the old wrestlers no. and all this. No, he really digs the new shit too. He's knowledgeable about storylines. He follows the storylines. And the fact that he goes to the shows and sets up his own merch booth to sell streamers to so make the show better. make the wrestling show better Amazing. on his own dime. Do you understand I, how crazy that is? He's actually spending money on the show like he's putting on... A part of the show belongs to Papa Hales because he's doing that. And then he takes the money and buys the wrestlers' wrestling merch, stuff. which I know at that level, 
you know, a T-shirt can make or break you as far as, you know, your gas money, your fucking meal for the night. Absolutely. You know? That's where they get most of their money. I was really surprised when I asked him which era he preferred, and it's the Attitude Era. I'm like, you've seen everything. How All could the... you not fucking say the Attitude Era? Yeah, Come on. but like the mystique and the myths of the 70s and 80s, and yeah, it's the Attitude Era still. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Attitude Era was the, you know what it is, bro? It's the 90s. The 90s yeah. was the golden age of of the civilization it was a golden age of hip-hop it was when alternative was the best type of music you don't hear alternative anymore it doesn't even exist grunge doesn't exist anymore it did it in the 90s tupac biggie fucking uh kurt cobain you know what i'm saying like what's mankind it's fucking wwf ecw w wcw you know what i blame i blame the internet in yeah, some way, too. it's got to be responsible. I don't know how, but it's the internet's fault. I don't know. I don't know what's responsible, but the 90s was the shit. All right, let's get to it. Jobber match of the week. Probably the hardest match I ever had in my life. But I don't like it when things aren't my, going my way. <laughs> Motley Crue. You turn the tables on me. Oy vey. You turn the tables in the wrong way. All right, Motley Crue's. All right, so <laughs> this week, uh, we have a match from 2001, WWE, I think it was WWE back then, WWF, it was still WWF, Perry Saturn loses his shit on a jobber named Mike Bell and almost kills him no. after Mike Bell botches a move. I was just watching Perry Saturn in uh, Starcade 97, don't ask me why I'm watching all this old wrestling shit, but I'm watching it when I pass out, and fuck was he ever good, man. He was really good, he came in he was as so the good. Radicals, right? He came in with Guerrero... Yeah. Benoit, no, he came in Malenko. with the flock. No, sorry, I meant to WWF. Yeah, like, yeah. he was he brought in with, in with that power and group. Dino and all those guys. But uh, he was in WCW. He was under the flock. He was still jacked. He was ripped. He was fresh out of ECW. And he was good, man. He was really good. He was good. great in ECW. He has a crazy story, too, where he was homeless and saved some woman from being raped. Yeah, and... he, he's a stand-up guy, though, man. Nobody, I haven't heard anybody say anything bad about Perry Saturn because he really apparently respected the culture of wrestling and the Just boys in the back all had respect for him. So generally I'm, had I'm morals. A, I'm, I'm a big fan. But he looks terrifying. And here he almost kills someone. Um, he's got a permanent school face, fuck. <laughs> he does. By uh, default, he's mad at you. By default, and Mike Bell died in 2008 at 37 that's years Iron old. That's Mike Bell. Uh yeah, he did no. mention Mike Bell, didn't he? No, that's Iron Mike Sharp. Uh, Mike we Sharp. I'm sure we've seen Mike Sharp before. All right, so let's watch this thing. All right. Well, the honorary chairman Kurt Angle. You heard him say there over 100. Oh, he had a great theme too. What year was this? 2001. Still uh, WWF. This shit would never fly these days. Harry Reynolds? Yeah. None of the women back then at all would be acceptable. So while they're coming to the ring, one one other news item that just came out today. What was his thing? He was like a pimp back then? I forgot I, what his stick was. He didn't really have one. Look at him picking up Terry Reynolds like it's his fucking girlfriend. That was my girl. Uh, Stephanie O'Command said in an interview today that they're going to integrate a gay or lesbian character into the show. Oh, for fuck's sakes. Unlike WWE does not have the tact or knowledge how to do this properly. No. Remember Darren Eugene? <laughs> Terry Reynolds was hot as shit, man. She, uh, she was like the hairdresser backstage. And was then she? Goldust came along. Yeah, and Goldust came along and they needed a valet. Yeah, she's barely five feet tall. Yeah, apparently she's really sweet too. The fuck is Perry Saturn wearing? 
He looks like a Jamiroquai with that hat. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, okay, guys, it's whatever the fuck you want to wear today. It's attitude error. They didn't give a shit. Look as weird as you want. Okay, see if you can notice what move uh, Mike Bell botches. Okay. Did he so, bleach his handlebar mustaches? Uh, yeah, yeah. Perry Saturn at this point was doing more fucking drugs than anybody in the locker room. Uh, he looks like a wrestler who's on his deathbed right now. Forget his name. Uh, Hulk Hogan stole his shtick. All right, so we got some obvious chain wrestling with arm arm drag takedown. Uh huh. Oh. Okay, keep watching. You'll, you'll see uh, the botch soon. Yeah, they're doing basic chain wrestling. Shoulder block from Perry Saturn. Okay, and now Mike Bell's going to try a shoulder block on him. Nope. Over under. There it is. Ooh. Oh. Drop Perry Saturn on his head. And now. Saturn's beating the shit out of him. And he throws him on his head onto the outside. Oh, fuck. Even the commentators just woke up. Perry Saturn just squashing this jobber right now. Look at this. A hip toss. Oh. oh my God. Ran him right into the steps. And he didn't let him drop on his ass. He no, no, no. He didn't let him do the Cena into the... Look, Mike Bell's telling him, please, please, Perry. Perry Saturn is fucking fuming here. Yeah. Perry Saturn. See, this is... I, I don't like this. You go in there, you have an understanding. Hey, listen, we're not actually going to kill each other. And yeah. Perry Saturn is taking advantage of it. 100%. But this is wrestling in the fucking 90s when they're all on painkillers and drugs and alcohol. This guy probably hasn't slept in seven days. This is uh, before the trying BF. to make out with Terry on Terry's like, don't fucking touch me, please. Yeah, get off me, you sweaty fuck. This is before the Be A Star campaign. You know, this is like the end of that era where they had wrestlers' courts or yeah, you had Bradshaw like punching people in the teeth. This is what's happening to Perry Saturn. Yeah, like... This is ooh. when Drug Test came in. He's like, oh, shit. Like Jericho talks about it now. Back in his day, they'd go out all night drinking and wrestle hungover. Now people Hell just play yeah. video games in their hotel rooms. Yeah. So, different era. But yeah, he almost killed Mike Bell twice. Dropped him on his neck to the outside and ran him into Man, the you steps. You don't botch a fucking hip toss on Perry Saturn. No, because he almost dropped Perry Saturn on his neck. You know, yeah. He almost ended my career. But the thing is, I mean, okay, let's break kayfabe for a second. And Perry ran him into the ropes. But it, oh my God, this looks dangerous. Oh. Random upside but, down. I mean, the guy the himself ran out of the ropes and landed on his own fucking neck. Let's let's <laughs> okay. Let's break kayfabe here no, for no, a second. No, no. Remember, Saturn didn't physically throw him outside he and land did. on his neck. The guy ran outside on no, his own no, no, neck. No. Perry, like I always used to think, these guys would throw themselves out. But after what happened to Enzo, where he was thrown into the bottom rope and almost snapped his neck, and Bret yeah. Hart too, and wrestling with shadows. Oh, a sideways fisherman suplex. Beautiful on that guy too, man. That guy's huge. Mike yeah, Bell. Perry Saturn was no joke. Perry Saturn just did a fisherman suplex, the Mr. Perfect's fucking finisher, but he turned to the side and hit him. It's crazy. Wow, Perry Saturn was not happy with no, Mike, Mike Bell in Bell. that match. I definitely recommend you fucks to go watch that because uh, 
This is what happens in the nine again. Maybe this is like early two thousand. I find like Stay, same era. Yeah, the attitude era. You botch a fucking match with a guy like Perry Saturn, who's paid his dues, who yep. probably doesn't speak much, but really takes the shit seriously, and probably has been awake for seven days, <laughs> hopped up on somas and momas and nomos and whatever the fuck <laughs> else. And he just getting naturally doesn't blink. And he goes, "This jobber did an arm drag and dropped me on my head. Watch what I'm gonna do to him." Yeah, so these like him and Guerrero and Benoit took the shit way too seriously. Hell yeah, because think about it. They were the little guys in WCW when they were out wrestling everybody. Then you had Cunt Hogan and Nash and <laughs> Hall that are writing and calling them midgets and vanilla yeah. midgets and you'll never take our top spot. So they they'll always wrestle with a chip on their shoulder. Hence Eddie was always a prick. Yep. Chris Benoit was I guess the ultimate prick. Uh, <laughs> Perry Saturn was the quiet prick. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it, this is how it was. I mean, no, these right. guys, Dean Malenko literally was a prick as a character because he was like, everyone's going to make fun of my little legs. Stinko Malenko? Yeah, man. You know, Jericho was the only one with his wits and his talk and later on Eddie. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. everybody wrestled with a chip on their shoulder when they were at Perry yeah, Saturn. Yeah, especially side. these guys. Well, and back then, like, they had no other skills. This is his livelihood. If he gets hurt in the ring, he's not getting paid. Yeah. So if you have some jobber and you have the honor of being in a match with me, you better be safe. Terry Reynolds, one of the, like, fuck, I got to walk out with Perry again tonight. He hasn't <laughs> showered in four days. And he's, like, hugging me and shit. Oh, God. No, she, she said yeah, okay, he's really okay, sweet. Yeah, yeah. She said okay, he's just sweet. just give me again. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Promo of the week. Baloney fudging mustard. Okay, was back that on, on last night? <laughs> yeah, back on Roman, it just hit me. Like his promo on Raw, he was like, Wedding night, she was disappointed. I'm like, what is this oh. for ten year olds? Oh, oh. Papa anyway, Hale, he's got a... in honor of Papa Hale, so let's not rip Roman. Okay, okay. Too much let's get tonight. to an actual jobber promo. So we love the Miz now. Miz yeah. is one of the best on the mic. He's smooth, never stutters. Yeah. But here's his first appearance on Raw. And Miz back then had the worst look. It's not so much here, but when he wrestled, he uh, had a faux hawk that was That's what bleached. made me stop watching at one point, too, is this faux hawk. I'm not even lying. Faux hawk? But do you remember his fedora and he had a bandana under it? No, I, I stopped watching it at that point because the faux hawk. All right, well, let's get to this promo. So the context of this is he's supposed to come out and plug the diva search. Okay. Oh God. Go online, vote, whatever. How he it is. looks. He looks like a fucking Abercrombie and Finch douchebag already. Here we go. I'm talking about, baby. Now, we all know that the sexiest women in the world are, or the sexiest women on television are in the <laughs> WWE. And tonight, we're going to search for the next WWE diva. Now, to vote for these beautiful young ladies, you have to vote. Go to. He forgot. <laughs> go, to, uh, go to uh, WWE. Dial eight. Oh, he's got it written on his wrist. And vote for your favorite Diva Search <laughs> contestant and text message your favorite oh. Diva Search girl. The Do her name. So now let's bring oh, up the Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So he had it written on his ring. As the crowd was onto him and started booing him, he started to lose it more. 
Oh my god. You know when situations like that happens, Vince should be in the back and waiting for you and you know you're like fuck I'm going to get punched. That's in the, the worst part. Walking back there is probably worse than standing out there. 100% because he's standing there and everybody should get punched in the gut after botching a promo like that. Especially why do you think, uh, a seasoned guy like Miz. Well, this was his first promo, but why do you think a guy like Callisto ran out of the room after the Lucha thing? And oh. he's like, God damn, <laughs> yeah, and he just like, ran away. I'm too small to get punched by <laughs> Yeah, just run away, man. Vince is just standing there. He's like, fuck it. Just put on the glove. All right. <laughs> Vince is Stand too busy. You. Let's he, go. he won't remember me on Monday. He just ran away. The Lucha Punched thing. Punched <laughs> Miss has come a long way. Yeah, he has. He's definitely come a long way, but that was hideous. The worst part is the camera's on you and you look at your wrist. Oh, well, he, he forgot the number. Like, oh. what are you going to do? Make up the phone number on TV? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So that, that's a tough spot to be in. And you can tell he started instantly sweating, like instantly. You know who else wrote shit on his wrist or hand and was called out for it? I Who? The Rock and John Cena called him out in a promo. John Cena called. Oh, do you remember that? Was that? Recent. Yeah, that was during their like a few years ago when they had the WrestleMania yeah. thing. He called him out on it on TV, and I remember and that's back why, then. That's why fucking The Rock is not a big fan of John Cena. No, he had huge beef with him. He, yeah, he cut a promo on him from home. Uh, I don't know if you remember that one. He just shot too. a video at home. The Rock yeah. shot a video at home talking shit about Cena. Senator Vince, he's like, "You better play this thing." Yeah, yeah. It was uh, it was not good. There was tension. Don't fuck with the Rock, I don't give a shit if you're John Cena. John Cena will. He's done a lot for wrestling. Yeah. If we if we put away all the biases, okay, in a general eyes of wrestling, in the gen most generic term of what he's done for wrestling, he's done a lot. Okay. But to real fans, and I mean real fans that really dig this shit and go in depth. And layers, you know what I'm saying? Like the yep. season ticket holders at an NBA game, that type of real fan. They'll never put him up there with like The Rock or even Brock, no, Steve no. Austin, Mick Foley, Bret he's Hart. Not, he's Blood, not the, level. the elite. They would never put him in that elite category. No, over my fucking dead body, they would ever do that. I'm he's up you. there just for his commitment, and he's yeah. just a genuinely nice guy. Yeah, he's a nice guy. He puts in work for the company. He's company man. Good for him, you know. All right. Well, next week, hopefully, wrestling will be better because it's a lead up to a really good weekend, right? Yes. Yeah. Brock is appearing back on TV again, so Meh, it's the, he's probably not going to talk. What do you call it? What's the what's the what's the, these types of shows before pay per view? Oh, the go home. The go home show. So we better fucking go home happy, or else we got a lot of shit to talk about next week. Um, even again, if, even I'm if excited. it's excited. I mean, I'm really excited. We talked to this uh, Papa Hills today. I'm sure uh, it's not the last time. No. I took down the name of all the jobbers he mentioned. 100%. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, we started talking on Twitter because we just connected with people on Twitter. Yeah. So come on Twitter. Follow us at Jobbers Corner. Go on Facebook at the Jobbers Corner. Um, we're on SoundCloud. I'm not going to upload videos to YouTube anymore because it takes a whole long time. Yep. And honestly, it, everybody listens to podcasts. So go on iTunes and subscribe to this podcast. If you type in the Jobbers Corner on iTunes, you're going to find us. Go to SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash the Jobbers Corner. You'll find us. So we're every, I mean, you just type in our fucking name, you'll find us. The Jobbers oh, yeah. We're everywhere. We're everywhere. So subscribe to us. We want to have more guests on here. I think it's really fun. It kind of, you know, it gives you a different perspective too and get to know a, these 
out of the character, out of, out of this world type of characters like Papa Hales, the guy who's been going to every fucking show. Like I've never met someone like that. It still blows my mind that he put, he's probably gone to more shows than I've. I don't know. In one year, he got he's gone to more shows than we have in twenty. Oh, a hundred. What do you mean? I think in one month, maybe. <laughs> yeah, actually, you're right. Probably. You know in what a month. I mean? Like, yeah. and he's he's so adamant about indie wrestling. And it's cool to have people like that. He you know appreciates it at every level. You know what's crazy to me? Like the whole, I was listening and I just realized like just in outside of this, if me and you ran into that guy, we would probably not even look at each other. 100%. Then you get him on here. We had never spoken to him before the show. Never. And I then a couple of lines on Twitter back and forth. Hey, do you want to do the show? Yeah, let's do it. Five minutes later, it's like we've known each other forever just because you have wrestling. So, again, thank you, Kumbaya. Papa Hales. Thank you, everybody that's listening. Follow us, you fucks. All right. uh, we love wrestling. We like to get fucked up while we talk about wrestling. If you have any suggestions, email us. Info at the Jobbers Corner. Enough plugging. We'll see you next week. Peace. Peace. Been 15, 20 years. This fat son of a bitch has been calling us all out.